Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello, Chris Evans here. Thank you for downloading this week's podcast of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, illustrious illusionist Darren Brown looks back on his two decades on Channel 4 with the two-hour special Darren Brown, 20 Years of Mind Control. Rochelle Humes turns the pages of her latest children's book, The Mega Magic Teacher Swap. The oh-so-gorgeous Jack Sabaretti talks about his exclusive gig one night in Portofino. And Biffy Clyro frontman Simon Neal tells us about the band's latest album, A Celebration of Endings. All of that and loads more still to come. Now Dapper Day, pray tell, who's our first guest? He's been bending your mind for as long as your mind cares to remember. And quite frankly, it's time to celebrate. 20 Years of Mind Control Live is on Channel 4 this Sunday at 9pm. And here to tell us all about it is the psychological trickster we all know, love and are slightly scared of. It's the delightful Darren Brown. <laughs> Good morning, hello. Darren. How Good morning. What a lovely introduction. Hi, hello. He's great, isn't he? Um, first of all, Darren, uh, welcome to the show. Um, lovely job so far on what I've seen from the special, um, which Thank I you. saw yesterday, encoded a sense to my laptop more about that in a moment and my suspicions and my paranoia about what was going on there but first of all um from what i saw a nice house lovely house oh thank you very much thank you thank you very much yes it is a it is a nice house i'm moving out to the country so i've got to say goodbye to it but um well i'd like yeah that's that's the plan after 20 years of Doing this, I think it's time for a leafier, quieter uh, existence somewhere. This special is amazing. So I've, I've seen an hour and 50 minutes of recorded material that's in the special, but the special is yeah. live, Channel 4, 9pm. It is fantastic. 20 years oh, of you. Darren Brown on Channel 4. But I've seen, the, I know some of the people in your team, right? They're storytellers. There is it all. It's the thing about what you do for a living, by the way. And this is not taking anything away from what you do for a living. Is it all basically the same few rules, the same few sort of foundations, same few scenarios? And then it's just about creating different stories around them to disguise what is actually going on, which is consistently more or less the same. Uh, well, I guess the last decade or so on TV, I've sort of I've followed a similar idea of putting people through like big elaborate things that they're not aware of. So I suppose. In a sense, I played with that for a while. And I suppose with any, any sort of magic trick, there are certain kind of structures, like particularly if you're doing like conjuring magic, you know, things are going to appear or disappear or, or whatever. So you find variations on that. So I suppose, yeah, within my world too, there's only a certain amount of things you can kind of do with influence or persuasion or whatever. So I've, I've tried to approach that from different ways. But this sort of thing has grown over the 20 years where I, I don't really have any particular... Um, uh, I don't really know what I'd call myself. So I've got this quite a wide range of things that I seem to be able to do and get away with. And people accept, like I had a book on happiness out a few years ago and a ghost train, like in the same, the same week they kind of uh, were launched. And I I thought that was, that was quite a nice sort of thing to be a nice position to be in. I can kind of do pretty much sort of, sort of anything. It feels like it's a really nice, really nice place to be. And when you talk about, because you talk about the different, you compartmentalise the different sort of uh, arrows in your quiver, you know, on, on mm. your show on Sunday. And you talk about suggestion, you talk about hypnosis, and you talk about all these other things. Mm. And I'm thinking, as he's explaining these, and you don't mm-hmm. really, you, and you don't really explain anything, which is cool and groovy, and I like that a lot. You know, are the explanations part of the illusion? Are the explanations even explanations? Not in this show, no. I mean, there are times when I'm doing it in the show where the explanation you get is still part of the trick. I've certainly uh, certainly done that a few times. Uh, but with, within this show on Sunday, no, it's a very, very honest. I'm just answering questions. They, they wanted to divide the show up into these different uh, different sort of blocks, which I guess kind of makes sense. Um, so I'm, yeah, talking as best as I can about about those areas, but that's, that's, all, very, uh, that's all very honest. But yes, certainly, in, certainly, at least in the earlier stuff that I was doing, Sometimes you'd get an explanation that was not not the whole story, but you you come up with an explanation that is, or you come up with the, the whole piece because you know you're going to give the explanation at the end, or at least you know two thirds of it, which 
hopefully makes it even more interesting. So you build it up from the fact you know you're going to reveal the method at the end. Um, otherwise, it would just be kind of uh, just be spoiling it. But over the but the last you know last I don't know seven to ten years when I've been doing these big stunts, they're actually especially for essentially a magician, they're they're really honest. I mean, these people going through these you know apocalypse and these big stunt shows, the push and everything, they're actually very very honest. All the deception is happening on the person that's going through. I've I, I kind of wanted to take the idea of magic, which isn't normally dramatic because you could if you can click your fingers and make anything happen there's no drama in that right yeah, what you yeah, actually yeah. want is a, a hero mm. so it's difficult to make yourself the hero when you're the magician so i kind of figured if i step back and make other people the heroes then then it kind of was dramatically you know felt more and more resonant so that's I've, I've i've enjoyed that that's felt like a really effective thing to do before <laughs> we go before we go what's the one question i want to ask you before we go oh no i've forgotten it you put the video on me what is it Oh yeah. Okay. So if you if you could see into the future and you've said you can't and you don't really have a plan and sometimes you know the no plan plan works does for you obviously. Yeah. Um, do you think you will be more stimulated by your continuing journey and fascination around happiness or magic illusions and hypnotism? I think happiness. I think the considered life I, as I get older is more interesting. I think there's a thing that happens. So I'm 50 next year, which is also strange. Um, but the, uh, I think in the second half of life, what becomes more important is serving something bigger than you, finding something bigger than you and losing yourself in, in that. If the first half of life is about sort of slaying the dragon, the second half is rescuing the princess. So I, I think you have to, you know, you stake your claim when you're young. And then in the second half, you, you, you need to find that, that thing outside of yourself. And I, that's sort of, I'm hovering now on, uh, or whatever that, whatever that is, something I'm trying to kind of lean into more. So I think it, it won't be about magic and the rest of it because that's sort of all a bit about me. So I've tried to make it less about me as it's gone on. But I think, um, yeah, I, I think more to do with just what what the stuff of life is. And if, if you know, the TV shows remain a way of, or become a, a, a way of doing that, and what it might even use, still, you know, use some sort of form of magic and illusion and suggestion, whatever in there, I think there's nothing. That just becomes a, a tool, a way of, way of doing something so yeah who, who knows who knows but yeah certainly as i grow up those other things those sort of more um you know the stuff of whatever the good life is whatever living well is and, and happiness is whatever that means well, it starts, more i think it starts with moving out of uh, the old smoke and getting in amongst that greenery so i think you're doing the right thing but i uh, enjoy your moment of pause um on the bridge of contentment because i sense that's probably where you are Oh, thank you, Chris. That's lovely. Thank All you right. very much. Uh, good luck with the special. We'll rave about it because it's worth raving about. That is Darren Brown. Isn't he great? I think so. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. There's three of them, but they make enough noise to make you think there's 30 of them. Today sees the release of their ninth studio album, A Celebration of Endings. So let's celebrate the beginning of this interview by welcoming the lead singer of Biffy Clyro. It's the bearded genius of Simon Neal. Morning, Simon. Good morning, Chris. Right now, big day to you, for you today. Uh, brand new album, a celebration of endings. I mean, just that minute there. It sounded so, so lush, so gorgeous, but also a big weekend. Right, what can, what can you tell us about what's happening this weekend as opposed to what you would love to tell us about what's happening this weekend? <laughs> I would like to tell you about every second of it because <laughs> it's been cooped up for so long, but... We are doing a stream, a live performance stream tomorrow night from a venue in Glasgow, and we'll put out little snippets of it so people will recognise the venue. But it's it's a really famous, well, it's the Barrowlands Ballroom. I'm terrible at, at keep holding my water. Um, it's the Barrowlands in Glasgow, which is such an important part of our history as a band. And I saw a lot of my favourite bands there when I was growing up. That classic fake ID, getting into an over 18 show, and it changes your life. So, yeah, it's from the Barrowlands, and we're performing our new album, Top to Bottom, with a few extra bits and bobs going on, but we've really kind of pushed the boat out. It's it's hard to kind of make that connection with a live show without anyone there, so we've, we've attempted to kind of reach that intimacy and, and intensity in different ways. It's been quite an interesting challenge, actually. It's so funny, is it? We were talking about this before uh, during the show, off the air, actually, uh, because we have, we've got a, a couple of live events that we're going to start. Uh, we, we've, we've, we've agreed to stage in September. We've got a classic car event, a couple of those coming up. We've got a, a life lessons mm. event, philosophy and inspiration. And we're going to cr- These are live events outdoors, and we're going to crack on with them. They're driving events, but they have other aspects to them as well. Brilliant. You know, and this, this, is fight, this is training hard to fight easy 
on the other side of COVID-19, whenever that is. And, you know, you say it's interesting, you know, and you've got to dive into this and you, you, you've got to you've got to sort of scratch the itches and you've got to grow the muscles. And on the other side, we'll have learned a whole new skill set. Exactly. I just, I, you know, waiting around for some, this to pass is not the way to go. As you say, we have to find out how we can continue things as close to the way they were and, and find the logistic ways. You know, live sh- music shows will probably be the toughest because you're normally just so close to each other. So that, you know, I don't think we, the, our industry's quite figured out how to achieve the, the kind of same experience yet, but every month we're learning something new. And you know what? We're all in it together. That's the main thing. And we all want to share moments together, whether it's the joy of cars, motor, motor sports, whether it's, football whether it's music whether it's cinema you know it's like we need to share and um, but you're absolutely right we need to adapt as well and we need to not be foolish and kind of think that one day we're going to wake up and everything will be exactly as it yeah. was we need to we need to make it happen yeah, that's just, that's just not it's that's just not the case anymore. We were talking about this morning earlier on about you know this return to a new normal. So let's 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 drop the phrase return to normal. Let's stick in the word new. No, that's not going to work. There is the drop the word return. This is a journey. There is no you know this is not a return ticket. We are, this is a one way ticket to the future. It always has been and it always will be. That's so true. Yeah, there is no looking back. And more than ever, it's, it's true of this year. And you know what? But I think we I think a lot of people have a positive kind of outlook it's almost like the lack of control and everything being take, taken away from us has, has made us reevaluate everything and i think realizing we cannot control every aspect of our life has been quite a good learning process for most of us because we're so obsessed with that you know and and actually you know let's just look forward for a change that's not reflect too much just try and find a way that we can reach moments of joy and happiness and togetherness you know forwards but i'm with you chris yeah the only thing we can control and it is the only thing we can control is our response to everything that happens in our lives that's the only thing we can control absolutely and i think i mean i'm sure we've all hit different walls during this lockdown you know for me it, it, I, I started doing some sessions for the first six weeks of lockdown and, and it made me postpone kind of dealing with it and engaging with, with the scale of the change and the scale of the kind of trauma, I guess, we're all going through. And, but now I just, I think we've all slightly turned in the corner, realised it's great that schools have started back up here as well. So there's just little shoots of light in, in that kind of show that we, we can figure this out, you know, but as you say, there's no going back. Let's, let's throw that in the trash heap. You know, we do, that's the wrong way to think about it all. So, and also, you know, here you are, you know, on the eve of an album launch. Uh, you couldn't have imagined this. You, you couldn't have thought this up. You couldn't have thought the way that your live album launch is going to take place tomorrow at the now long, no longer secret location. <laughs> you, I mean, you, no, you, you're right. It, it's, it actually, because we started the whole process of promoting the album and travelling around Europe and everything and chatting. And so it felt like... The starter's pistol had gone for us and we were like on the, on the street. We started that first 10 metre sprint and then we had to abandon it. So it's, it is really unusual. In a way, I'm, I'm getting to engage, engage with the album in a way that we wouldn't normally because normally it's, it's such a whirlwind. You're travelling here, there and everywhere and you're playing shows. So actually I'm kind of engaging and celebrating the record in, in, a, in a completely unique way. Great to talk <laughs> to you. Simon, great to talk to you. Please come and do a live session for us as soon as you can. Please, 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 please. Oh, I'd love that, Chris. I know I wish I was in the studio with you just now, but thanks so much for the support and thanks for your time today. I believe you've had a busy morning of it. More interesting people than me on this morning. Never, never. No, no, no such thing. No such thing, my friend. Oh, you're a charmer. You're uh, a charmer. No, I mean it. I mean it, honestly. So Simon Neal there, oh, thank you, uh, one, of, uh, one of the mighty three that make up the almighty Biffy Claro. And if you haven't heard their new album yet, drop last night. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From conquering the charts to bossing the world of business, our next guest is the definition of multi-talented. Her latest picture book, The Mega Magic Teacher Swap, is out now. And here to flick through its pages is a lady that's now more chapter and verse than verse and chorus. It's the poptastic Rochelle Humes. Very good intro, Dave. Thank you. Good morning, Rochelle. Good morning. That was lovely. It was lovely. He's very good at that, isn't he? I like that. I'm, yeah. Uh... yeah well, how are you, Rochelle? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm in that stage where it's like feeding time at the zoo mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> well not only feeding time at the zoo about. externally but you're feeding uh, the zoo internally because you're with child again aren't oh, you i am indeed baby number three congratulations um, thank you thank you very much i feel crazy at the minute 
Well, you're, you're allowed to feel crazy. You've got two nippers, two ankle biters, six and three, and you've got another one on the way. Do you October-ish, September, October? Uh, first week of October, all yeah. Right. Well, yeah. good luck with all that, Rochelle. Thank you very much. Uh, so Thank you've, got, you. you've got all the excuses um, in the world and you deserve to have them. Um, does this mean, is this how come you can write a book that's so of the now? I mean, this is this is all about kids going back to school, but maybe being worried about going back to school. Is that right? Yeah. Do you know what? I kind of, it's sort of, you know, when writing this book, I couldn't have predicted the situation that we've all found ourselves in. But I, I wrote it for my eldest because she kind of, she's seven now and she was really sort of going through that stage where she was really anxious and would get so upset about moving up the school year because she just adored her last teacher. And it all sort of came from there. And I was trying to teach her that, you know, if you if you stay in the same class, you know, you won't grow and you've already learnt that stuff, so you've got to move up. And so I thought I'd write a little book about it because it seemed that there were loads of kids feeling the same. Obviously, I couldn't have predicted at the time a global pandemic and I didn't realise that I would have had my kids at home for as long as I have done. Oh, right. I thought um, this was like a work of genius. No, I thought you, you were, no, so, really you were so on it. I mean, it's very prescient, oh, wow. isn't it? That would be really, I would, if I could get it turned around in that time, I, I would be say, impressed with myself. I was going to um, kick, because it's, yeah. it's, it's no sort of, uh, you know, it's no sort of DIY jobs. The illustrations are beautiful. It is a picture book. The thing oh. about picture books is, you know, there aren't that mm-hmm. many words, but the the less, the fewer words there are, the more important they have to be. And you've still got to get the story in there as well. Exactly that, exactly that. And when I wrote my first one, I was tending to overwrite it a little bit. And I think the beauty about picture books is that's the sort of age that you can really get into kids' minds, you know, when they first sort of discover reading at school and, you know, their love for books. And you want that to really sort of seem magical. So that's that's what I've tried to do with both of my books. Um, yeah, it's just crazy that now it's the message is more poignant than ever, which I really didn't expect to happen. So, if you could explain this book to people who who might it might be useful to uh, your lovely book, uh, Rachel Humes is the Mega Magic Teacher Swap. What would you say about mm-hmm. it? I would say I would say if you sort of particularly now look, our kids are. The good thing about our kids is, look, they adapt to situations so quickly. But what that has meant is that they've really got used to a lot of time with us at Mm. home. So it's going to feel very odd getting back into some sort of routine. And I think if we can start sort of just chipping away at that slowly with our little bedtime reads and make them feel comfortable and excited um, about heading back to school rather, you know, versus feeling a little nervous, which is going to be natural. But I think just to put their minds at ease a little bit. Who does all the drawings, by the way? Because they're gorgeous. Oh, I've got such a fab illustrator. She's called Rachel Suzanne. And I um, I basically poached her right out of school, really. she was. I got pitched all these um, illustrators that have been working for so many years. And I was like, no, she is incredible. I think she's so, so brilliant. I got my Rachels and Rochelles mixed up there. Sorry about that, Rochelle. That was all right. Um, <laughs> and I do, because there's a drum kit here, that, you know, um, you, me is playing the drums here, which is cool, in the penultimate page of the book, but I understand there mm-hmm. is a drum kit featuring in your already ready um, room, third child room, so the drum kit's there, you've got stage there, you've got microphones, dressing up rail and arts and crafts and tables. Now, has that already been there, that, that, that sort of setup? Well, or, that is that's a new we've actually recently moved house yep. in a global pandemic which is interesting um <laughs> but we i done away with the lounge and made just a toy room for the kids yep. because it was just the easiest thing to do at the time to well, keep here's them the, occupied. well here's the thing here's the thing rochelle if you don't make a toy room for the kids the kids make every room a toy room this is it that's right, the deal exactly isn't it exactly that fact, that was my thought process my, behind it my kids over the weekend decided to make my garage a toy garage it's like no go, no kids go. keep your toys in the, okay in the room yeah, well in You're the lucky. house yeah no you can't yeah. spread to the garage that really is taking no, the mix can't. isn't it All right. no that is really taking it and also i didn't grow up with a room full of toys so just be lucky that you've got that you've yeah they've got, got a that. stage your kids have got a stage of microphones everything going i mean on. i'm rethinking the drum kit chris if i'm totally honest with you hmm. and that's that was that was a rookie mistake for well, me the you drum know that kit, most gran- apart from that most grandparents get their grandkids drum kits just to get their own back on their own kids who are the new kids <laughs> yes. parents but you don't yeah. have to do that because and by the way if you hadn't you your grand your, your, your mum and dad would have done it anyway uh, so rochelle what are you doing for, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing for the rest of the day uh, the rest of the day, I've yep. got a photo shoot today. I'm trying to survive in this heat. Yes. Um, being heavily pregnant. So I'm praying that when I get there, there's some air con. Um, yeah, so I've got a shoot for the rest of the are day you doing today. A, are you then... doing a sort of baby bump shoot? 
it's not a baby bump shoot, it's a shoot, but obviously by default, uh, there's a big baby bump there right now. How is the bump? <laughs> is it a designer bump or not? What's a designer bump? Designer bump, like, apparently, I can't remember what they call it. It's, it's like, if it's like perfectly round, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's like... Oh, no, no. They call it, not, is it a I Gucci mean, bump? I think, is it called a Gucci bump? I would if that was if there were if there were if that was up for the taking I would have requested a Gucci. It's a, no, it's a really tight. You know, like a little poached egg. When a poached oh, like egg, a really good a poached egg in a pan. Football. Yeah, yeah. Something. Okay. It's like really tight. That kind of thing. I mean, I started off a bit more Gucci bum as I've got to this like <laughs> for the third trimester and the swelling's kicked in. I'm I'm just more just round, just generally. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, it's lovely to talk to you. You sound very happy and and uh, oh, good luck to you. To talk and I hope to you. everything goes very well. And I'm I'm oh, I'm sure it will. We're saying our prayers this end anyway. So uh, oh, there's Rochelle and uh, Marvin back on uh, this morning on Fridays. Uh, so Ruth and Eamon usually do Fridays for Phil and Holly when they're regular. But when Phil and Holly are off, Ruth and Eamon do Monday through Thursday and Marvin and Rochelle do Friday. Got there in the end. You're up to date with this morning. You are. (laughs) This morning, this morning. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com We've heard from three great guests already, but there's still so much more super stuff to come. Rosemary Conley diving into her latest healthy lifestyle regime with her new book, The 28-Day Immunity Plan. Racing superwoman Mia Fluitt tells the story of how she became a British GT champion at the age of 50. Ace actress Vanessa Kirby chats about the War Child Emergency Coronavirus Crowdfunder and tells us how your donations will be helping. And perfectly prolific author Matt Haig leaves through his superb 18th novel, The Midnight Library. All of that and more still come so let's get right back to it dapper dave who's next our next guest is a happily married father superb songwriter excellent musician very nice incredibly handsome and on an island just off ibiza one day <laughs> he might just catch a break you could be seeing him live very soon in a very special place indeed and here to tell us more is the troubadour that never bores and always leaves you wanting more it's jack savaretti morning jack <laughs> Good morning, but that is definitely the best intro I've ever had. Yeah, come on. <laughs> he smashes it again, knocking it out of the park. Well done, Dapper Dave. So, Jack, um, how's it hanging? I mean, it does sound you have a, like you have a very uh, sweet life there, but you didn't win the lottery, did you? You put all the work in. No, I definitely haven't won the lottery. Yeah, it's been a... It's been, but it hasn't... I mean, there's worse things I could have been doing. I've been doing what I love for the last 15 years, um, surrounding myself uh, more and more with people that I love. And slowly but surely, we seem to, in one small step at a time, we keep moving forward, which is, I think, is at the end of the day, the best we can do. Jack, you know, having having known you for a while now and having worked with you on several occasions, and it's great to spend time yeah. in your company, I think in many ways you are, you are Jack Johnson, Jack Savaretti. And what I mean by that is, you know, <laughs> you're extra, ex, ex, extraordinarily good at your job. You both happen to be to do a similar thing for a living but you know he still puts life first and music second and I get the sense that you do that I mean why wouldn't you but it's so easy to fall in the trap of doing the opposite 100 I think it's the it's easy to do that in any career you know you have it's a fine balance you've got to figure out what really does matter to you the most and I was lucky because there was a point where music was the reason and everything I, I did sort of get up in the morning and don't get me wrong, music is always playing in the background now, but there are other reasons why I get up in the morning. There's two little faces that <laughs> sort of jump on me first thing, <laughs> and my wife. And everything everything else sort of becomes now, I think music for me has become what music should be, which is the soundtrack of my life rather than my life. And, and, that's, and that seems to have made things much better for me. Right, Jack, what's going on with Portofino? Uh, first of all, uh, should we? Should, I'll leave it to you. I, you know, I'll, I'll chip in if, if I, I sense yeah. you might need some help. But just extol the virtues, the paradise, tempt people to Google immediately the heaven on earth that is Portofino. 
So Portofino is a place that my family runs quite deep. Uh, my grandmother uh, hid up in the mountains during the Second World War. My grandfather was the head of the partisans. The, the partigiani were the, the sort of the resistance against fascism in the mountains there. That, and they liberated Liguria, that whole region of Genoa. And, and he was quite a big deal there. So I was baptized in Portofino. My family, we have history there. We grew up there back in the 80s. I used to go every summer. was spent there. Portofino has changed quite dramatically in the last sort of 10 years, like many of these places on the coast have. You know, where there used to be, I sound like an old man here, but where there used to be like a fruit <laughs> shop, now there's, now there's Chanel or Gucci or something like that. But it's still, nevertheless, it's having this kind of renaissance because the next generation, my, my sort of age, we've all grown up. And these guys, all my friends that I grew up with are starting to take over the restaurants, the bars from their parents. And they really wanted to go back to being a sort of family, that place in Italy where you can go and be in the most beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful places on earth. So when I thought about everybody's trying to come up with different ways of bringing live music back to people, and, and we've, we tried the drive-in thing. It didn't really work out for us, unfortunately, because of various legislation changes. It had to be pulled last minute. But everybody's trying to do stuff, and streaming seems to be right now the safest, at least, way to do it. But I wanted... To do it, I didn't want to do it sort of. I've been doing a lot from my living room, sitting at the piano. I wanted to do it from somewhere really iconic and beautiful because the lovely thing about streaming, it is a live event. It's not going to be like a YouTube video that then stays there forever. You've got to be present to see it, to witness it. So I think if you're going to do that, you've got to make it somewhere visually wonderful to be a part of. So I thought it would be amazing if people for that hour and a half feel like they're actually having a night in somewhere beautiful. To me, the most beautiful place in the world is Portofino. Okay. So I thought, let's, let's do it there. So, so, so who would you call to be able to play in Portofino and stream around the world? You know, what's well, the, what, which, which bit of Portofino are you going to be in? What's the backdrop? What, what are we? Gonna, what's the eye candy that we're going to, apart from your good self, of course, what's the eye candy that we're going to dive into? Well, Portofino is basically just a tiny port. The Port of Dolphins is what Portofino means, Port of Delfino. And there's this little piazza with the church and about sort of six, seven restaurants all sort of laced around it. There's no cars. There's nothing. It's it's an incredibly quaint place, um, and I am very lucky that a gentleman who used to own that famous fruit shop I was telling you before was Chanel, and who used to tell me off when I was about eight years old because I used to play football against his shop window is now the mayor. Um, so he very kindly, when I suggested this, there is also another there is another reason here over lockdown. Um, we we became very close to the San Martino Hospital in Genoa. Genoa is the closest city to Portofino. It's all the same region. And this hospital was the third biggest hit, worst hit hospital in Europe. We raised money for them. We've been working closely with them. I was doing an Instagram Live once a week with the head of the science department so he could sort of explain to people what was happening with COVID. And they are going to be very much involved with this. All the restaurants are getting involved and donating to the hospital. Hopefully we're going to have a check between sort of 40 to 50,000 euros that we're going to be able to hand the hospital on the night. The head of the science department is going to come. So it's going to be, it's, a, it's also a, a way of thanking a lot of people that have really been, you know, literally, you know, risking their lives and, and doing some amazing stuff in the last two months. So it's a celebration of Portofino, the region, and Italy, who was, you know, sort of the first, the first one, at least in Europe, the first sort of country to sort of be hit. And, and now they feel like, there's light at the end of the tunnel and people are starting to sort of have that positivity again and hopefully this is just another one of those things that we can do to lift spirits Jack you're awesome I love you so much I can't wait to see you again I don't know if we will ever meet again I hope we do I mean I'm not being pessimistic we will, we you, will. You we never will. Know. of course we will Jack lovely to talk to you again stay safe my friend love to the family and those two little too, uh, pairs of eyes that greet you every morning and jump all over dad <laughs> and uh, talk to you soon you too, buddy. Take it easy. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. She wowed in the crown and next year will be making missions seem very possible again alongside one Mr Tom Cruise. She's also the ambassador for the children's charity War Child and here to tell us all about their vitally important emergency coronavirus crowdfunder is the mind-blowing beauty of Vanessa Kirby. Good morning, Vanessa! (laughs) Hi, Chris. How are you? Hello. I'm really good. I'm really good this morning. Vanessa, let's talk about something very important. Uh, War Child Emergency Coronavirus Fund. Okay, how did you get involved with War Child? Uh, and we'll get on to uh, what's on offer in a moment or two. But how did you get involved in War Child and how involved are you in War Child? 
Oh, so involved. It's become, you know, just such an important thing in my life. Um, I, I became involved because um, I, I saw the work they were doing many, many years ago and so admired it. And they basically work with children that are in the most dangerous um, conflict zones in the world. And they seem to me just uh, just doing incredible things with, with helping and um, reach the most vulnerable kids, uh, providing protection for them. Um, trying to sort of help heal their emotional trauma from living living through the things that they've lived with. And uh, it was just so inspiring. And the people uh, that do it are incredible. And, and it's so important. So it's been just a gift in my life, really, to, to go and see some of the work they've done on the ground um, in the refugee camps or with child soldiers, rehabilitating them with their families. And um, it couldn't be more important, especially now with the virus i know it's I even mean, harder you know hardship on hardship uh, currently this um fund uh war, war child's crowdfunder.co.uk is up to two hundred and forty-one pounds which is no mean feat um they're aiming to raise three hundred thousand pounds so 80 percent of that already done and dusted but it's really fun because i went on to have a look at this yesterday um and you can you can bid uh, well you could you can buy sort of virtual raffle tickets for a fiver for some fantastic things and then there's an auction going on as well uh, so prize draws let's have a look at those I've got my iPad here in front of me um, so you got a birthday message from Anne-Marie nice for a fiver Mission Impossible stunt session for a fiver now your picture's on that lot so are you giving the stunt session is, th is this what you're doing here yes basically embarrassingly <laughs> because I'm not that coordinated and luckily I've got the amazing Hayley Atwell who's the lead in this movie um, this time with me my great friend and we, we, we asked Mission if they would do this kind of a really rare special thing of, of giving someone the experience of, of coming to where Mission Impossible is filmed and and seeing how they do those big fight sequences and actually having having a session yourself so you learn a routine and you watch Hayley do it well me do it not very well um, and yeah we, we show you how those stunts are done and we're so excited about some of these prizes and we sort of just grouped together and asked our friends to to, to provide kind of special experiences that people could, yeah, pay a fiver for and potentially win. And that could be like a really amazing birthday present for someone you love um, or just for yourself. Um, so I asked Gillian Anderson, my great friend, who's such a national treasure, isn't she? Who's yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She's about to play Mar Margaret Thatcher in The Crown, actually, mm -hmm. this season coming out in November. I've seen some footage. She's absolutely incredible. Um, and so that can be a Zoom for, 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 for you and three of your friends with her. We've got like Rupert Grint, Ron Weasley signed chess set. You can have lunch with Stephen Merchant on set and grill him about uh, the office, which is exactly <laughs> what I do. There's a, a box at Arsenal FC. Um, there's loads of stuff. There's loads, news. there's loads yeah. and loads of stuff. I didn't realise the Mission Impossible stunt session is actually with you guys. When will that? When might that be? Do you think again in the future? How impossible is it to make Mission Impossible at the moment? Is it? An, is it a Mission Impossible within itself, Vanessa? Yeah, it's always a Mission Impossible, and somehow Tom manages to make it possible, <laughs> the impossible possible. Um, but we're all gearing up right now, um, and everyone's back in, back in the stunt training, and um, you know, hoping to hoping to shoot as soon as we can, really. Uh, and I, I know that the stuff they're planning is unbelievable; beats every single one so far. Final auction lot we'll mention, and there are loads of them, by the way. Uh, a Zoom call, a thirty-minute Zoom call with Gillian Anderson. So, does she like a chat? Oh, she does. She's so fun. She plays such a fun character in such education, but in the fall, you know, and she's like formidable. Um, and as Margaret Thatcher, she's going to be absolutely phenomenal, as I've said. Um, I couldn't believe how how she just is. She just becomes her. Um, and she's so fun. And we we played sisters in Street Con and Desire on stage. So we shared a tiny dressing room. And we just had such a laugh. So I just thought the best, the nicest experience would be for someone that's a fan of hers to hang out with her for 30 minutes with, with some friends and have a chat and ask her anything about, you know, she's, She's so open. She's such a she's such a giggle. She's very cool. She's I'm very really talented. About that one. Um, she, she's she's again another great force for good. Um, Vanessa, joy to talk to you. Finally, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're ace. We love you. We think you're super talented. And uh, Karen, doing what you're doing, and well done for your support of War Child because it's awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. What a lovely morning. You Thank you so much welcome. for having me. Have a lovely Friday. I hope it feels more Fridays as Fridays go by. Warchildcrowdfunder.co.uk is where you need to go now to have a little peek, have a little bit of fun, and for a fiver, you can change some little girl or boy's life 
probably, perhaps, maybe, even possibly, forever. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's the mental health advocate that knows the power of the mind better than anyone. He can fiction and non-fiction with the best of them. And his new novel, The Midnight Library, out today is all the proof you need. Please welcome a man that puts pen to paper so perfectly. It's Matt Haig. Good morning, Matt. Hello, Chris. Are you all right? Very well, very well indeed. Yes, okay. thank you. Uh, this this book, the Midnight Library, it's beautiful. I haven't read it. I'll be honest with you, but I'm definitely going to. You know, I've I've, I've scanned it, I've skimmed it, as they say. You know, and Hell's Bells, who works on the show, has has read it, and I absolutely devoured it. She loves it. So so tell us about the plot. So Nora Seed's life has been full of misery and regret, as you know, as has uh, most of our lives. Yeah, and she yes, she's got um, she, but she's got a, a few little mental health issues because life hasn't been great for her, and she's got kind of situational depression so she finds herself in a bit of a rut um but basically the midnight library of the title is this library between life and death Mm. um where she has a chance to start again she has a chance to sort of see what life would have been like if she'd have made um different choices because each book on the shelves of this library is a different version of her life which is interesting because you know you talk about her her and her depression and depression there's that theory isn't there right or wrong you'd know better than me uh, that you know dwelling on the past is one of the seeds of depression and fretting about the future is one of the seeds of anxiety and this is all about her past and what could have been you know and those looping thoughts that drive you bonkers yeah, no, absolutely. It's a book about regrets. So there's, there's a book in it called The Book of Regrets, which is this very long um, book, which is just full of every regret she's ever done. But she's got a chance now to see if the grass is greener. And so it's, you know, it's got shades of It's a Wonderful Life and all those sort of parallel life things about how we make the most of the life we're in and how we value ourselves. And um, yeah, basically like everything I've written, it's basically me trying to be my own therapist to try and um, sort sort myself out. Okay, but again, you, you are dwelling on the past, aren't you? We, yeah, but I mean, we all dwell on the past, and we, you know, it's, it's. I think the, the things that stop us actually being able to have a full life, which mm. I sort of explore in the book, is we're either drowning in the past or we're fearing the future, yeah. and those yeah. two things kind of just dominate everything. And it's about how we actually live in the present because the, the present is all we know. The past was once the present. The future is going to be the present, and we're in. We only have the present, but we always, you know, live in hypothetical states of mind don't we well you can if you want to i mean you, you know it's, it's far preferable to be present and the only way you can know you're, you're in the present is to be there i suppose isn't it and so you know uh, looking back as you say you know regrets regrets are you know the consequences of maybe mistakes maybe you know uh, incorrect decisions at the time but that time is gone and are regrets therefore not better perceived and um, uh, remembered as um, lost lessons and isn't the lesson within that to just learn from those mistakes and if you learn from those mistakes at the time and you and you can have the awareness to do that they won't then in the future become regrets yes i think so <laughs> um yes no absolutely and um yeah but you know, it's it's basically, even though it starts in that very kind of um, stressful place in her life, it's basically um, about an optimistic book, I think. It's about, you know, how she can actually make the most of, of the life she has. But it's, in order to do that, she needs to see what would have happened if all her dreams had come true in various different ways. You know? But isn't it the what if that drives you mad? Oh, what if I'd done this? What yeah, if I'd done absolutely. that? Yeah, and I think I think that's even more so nowadays, isn't it, in the internet age? Because we have so much comparison going on between, you know, whether it's social media or whatever it is. We see so many different lives, and therefore it can make us feel inadequate if we let it to 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 feel like, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we? Why aren't we an Olympic swimmer? Why aren't we a rock star? Why aren't we this? <laughs> Why why aren't we writers in Brighton like you are? Um, So you talk about each book being, you know, because if you get it, you know, it's it's brilliant, isn't it? We talk about journalism on the show, journaling rather, not journalism. Uh, You know, if you if you journal your thoughts and you get them out there and you look at them, you know, saying saying things out loud is not necessarily articulating your thoughts. It's actually knowing what you think because you may think what your what's in your head is is. is your opinion, your take on life. But it's only when you say it out loud that you give it life and you give it 
oxygen. And that's what you do every time you write a book. So you've just said, you know, it's it's the latest sort of volume in your your own self-analysis. How is that going as a process? Does each book help? Has any, any of your books put you further back as opposed to further forward? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I think, you know, I've written some nonfiction books. So I've written directly about, um, you know, I, I wrote a book called Reasons to Stay Alive, which was about me having a breakdown when I was younger. So I've written very directly about mental health before. I think with fiction, um, I generally find it kind of a release. It's kind of an escape into other lives. And it's quite a, quite a relaxing thing, at least at the start, when you're writing a first draft of a novel. And this one certainly was. Um, it doesn't. It's not always like that, but th this one actually felt kind of like a sort of meditation. I, I can't actually meditate. I'm, I'm, my mind's far too busy for that. But writing is as close as I can get to that kind of meditative state. <laughs> well, I can't wait to read your book, Matt. What an advert! Thank you, Chris. You're very welcome. And the Midnight Library, Matt Haig, uh, the number one best-selling author, and this is his latest offering. And Hell's Bells gives it a five out of five. Boom. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. They say a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. Well, not if you listen to our next guest. She's been keeping the nation in shape for almost 50 years, and now she's keeping you well. Her new book, The 28-Day Immunity Plan, is out now in ebook. so please welcome the defence-boosting brilliance of Rosemary Conley. Good morning, Rosemary. Good morning, Chris. This is so exciting. Well, and you're at number one in the Amazon book charts with this ebook. It's <laughs> unbelievable. So, written during lockdown. Okay, promoted now on the radio, and also so uh, bespoke for those of us who are plant-based. Tell us the whole story, Rosemary, of this amazing book you've written. Well, first of all, we went into lockdown and I thought, right, what are we going to do? Let's write a book. So I rang my agent and I said, I've got an idea. My lovely friend, Mary Morris, who I've worked with 25 years, she's, she choreographed most of my fitness videos. And let's do this for the over, sort of, over 60s. Um, rang the agent and he said, yeah, it's all very well, but I need something now. We need something that's relative to the COVID crisis. Um, so can you do an e-book and do it very fast? And so Mary and I set to it. She did the workout. I did the fitness, the workout plan. Sorry, the food. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, <laughs> I did the food plan um, and that did a trial. And it's really fascinating when you dive down to learn about how you can boost your immunity. Um, and I've absolutely loved doing it. So, you know, here we are. And it was very exciting when my agent found a lovely publisher in Penguin. Um, and and it's going really, really well. And my trialist loved it, absolutely loved it. They lost an average of £10 over the 28 days. Um, and But the biggest bonus from them was the fact that they actually felt so much better in themselves, their mental health, their physical health. They felt clean. Um, and there were just so many benefits. But I've got to tell you this little story. When I was doing it, I suddenly thought, I, I really want, my aim was to get on your show. So thank you so much for having You're me. You're very welcome. You're welcome anytime, <laughs> Rosemary. You don't have to write a book. You just phone us up. You're amazing. And, and so I thought, oh, but I haven't got enough plant-based recipes and, and options in this book. So... I set about suddenly creating a whole load of different recipes um, and there they are and you've got them in there. So, so that anybody picking the book and going through the recipes will think there are too many of the plant-based ones, but in actual fact, the meat-based ones are within the actual eating plan and just a simple recipe. But it's been really fun to do. I've loved it. Okay, and when you know when you're doing things for the right reason, and you're qualified to do it, and you have the skill set, and if you don't, you have people around who can add to that skill set, uh, and and uh, you know help help you to make it come to fruition. And there's there's good energy around it. Your agent says yes. Penguins say yes straight away. Uh, and you do. It's a 28 day eating plan, so it's so doable. It's so within reach of a lot of people, and it's to boost your immune system along with a workout plan. So you say that people, uh, your your testers, uh, have lost an average of 10 pounds but also report you know feeling so much better one of the big things there is just the fact they decided to do it if you're on the journey to well-being or you're being nice to yourself that makes you feel like a million dollars anyway oh without a doubt and i think the, the, the overriding thing that came out of the trialist was the fact that oh yes i need to do this because in lockdown some people have gone really well lost weight lots of exercise and actually grasped the opportunity to actually 
they've got time, so therefore they could turn their life around. But some others have decided, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to eat and drink, cheer myself up comfortably. Um, and that's where it goes horribly wrong. And so by asking the trialists to do it, they said, absolutely, I'm going to do this. And they have transformed themselves. So yeah. here we are. They've carried on doing it. And they're so chuffed with mm. the results of it, which is absolutely lovely. Um, and of course, it's so good for the body. And we must understand mm -hmm. that as far as our body is concerned, we have an army inside us with our gut. I know you talk a lot about your gut and how important not your personal gut, but the, micro guts in general. the microbiome is what it's all about. It's really, really important um, about white blood cells and also about your lymphatic system. And when you realize that they're there waiting to help you, but if you eat a load of rubbish, mm -hmm. then those soldiers that want to fight for you are lying by the side of the road because they've had no nutrition yep. and can't fight. And if we want to fight this virus and have the best chance we can to fight it, we have to eat better, wholesome food, stop eating the junk, stop snacking and cut back on the alcohol. And I'm just going to intervene there, actually, because what I love about you and Vassos is the fact that you love your food, but my goodness, you burn it off. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, and our kids do it as well. Yeah. And, and what you have to do if you want to make the change, you know, and by the way, I'm not saying what you have to do, what you might want to do if you do want to make the change, and you have to want it for the in the first place, is you have to force feed your gut good stuff. And you might not like it for, for the first few days, but what happens very, very quickly is your gut starts liking it, and then no, it's no longer force feeding. It, you begin to want things that are good for you, and that transition is really much quicker than you might imagine. And that's that's... You know, what have you got to lose? Exactly. And that's where this 28-day plan, you know, really is the start. And when, when my, um, my ladies and gentlemen who, who did the trial went on it, they said, I just, I'm just going to carry on. This has changed my well, life. Why wouldn't you? You know, exactly, which is just amazing. Well, listen, we are here. If we can help you, we are here for you, Rosemary. Because you. Because you are helping the world. And if we can help you to do that, then, then we're in. Big Thank time. you. You're amazing. This is Rosemary Connolly. She couldn't wait to go on the show. Had we known, she'd have been on the show every day since we arrived here last <laughs> January. Thank you, Rosemary Connolly. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From working for Volvo in Sweden at the age of 19 to making the cars work for her on the track, our next guest has been on quite a journey. She's taking part in the British GT race series at Donington this weekend. So please welcome the speed demon that'll leave you reeling. It's the marvellous Mia Fluit. Good morning, morning Mia. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, Mia, congratulations on your win a couple of weeks ago. Was it at Alton Park? Yes, it was. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, that was an awesome weekend. So um, can, you just, uh, can you just take us through, first of all, GT racing. For those who don't know, just quite... I was watching it on Sky Sports last night. How exciting is it? You need very, very, very sharp elbows, which is quite difficult in a car. Uh, yes, you do need sharp elbows, and, and certainly in British GT, where we race, uh, you know, two classes, basically GT4 and GT3 together, and the GT3s being, you know, quite a lot faster a lap. So uh, once they come round and lap you, after a little while, it becomes a little bit hairy. Um, so uh, yeah, so you do need you need you need your elbows out most of the time. So because because the cars are. Well, they look much more like the sort of cars that we see on the roads. That's the point, isn't it? Um, yeah. A little bit of a little bit of a nudge here and there. Nobody seems to mind. Whereas in Formula One, if you got nudges like that, everyone would go, "Hang on a minute, you can't do that. You Five can't point do that." Penalty, ten point yes. penalty, stop and go penalty. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's. Uh, I'm. I mean, it's meant to be a non-contact sport, obviously, uh, but it's you know, impossible, uh, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of pushing and shoving. And as long as nobody, you know, ends up, you know, off the track and in a barrier or something, uh, there isn't, a, you know, a lot of um, penalties for that. But, but yeah, we, we all intend, we all have huge respect for each other. And, you know, that's the whole point, really. It doesn't, it didn't look much like there was much respect going on in the, in the race I was watching <laughs> last night. Oh, well, it's, you know, it's, obviously it's racing and, you know, we all know in motor racing or in any racing, it's sort of we all want to win and it's very competitive. And, uh, you know, when you race 
sports cars are, uh, on track, you know, the, are, especially here in the UK where the tracks are fairly narrow, apart from Silverstone, uh, it does get a little bit tight here and there. And but that's all part of the fun too. What's it like when you're being overtaken? Uh, well, it depends. If it's, if, it's in, in, uh, if it's by a car that, you know, is obviously faster than you so in a, in a gt3 car overtaking you for instance when you're in a gt4 car you're trying to lose as little time as possible mm. uh but you really don't like being overtaken by a car for position so uh yeah you try your best to avoid it but you know at the end of the day you don't want to end up in a barrier or something trying to fight something if the car is much much faster so yeah so it's being you know aware yeah. uh, of who's around you that fine line, isn't it? Uh, so tell us yeah. about your career, starting working at Volvo and then becoming one of the best racing drivers in the world. Well, that's a big claim to fame. But, uh, but yeah, I was uh, 19 when I first started working for Volvo. Actually, my first job was as a forklift driver, believe it or not. Um, and I was very fast as a forklift driver too. <laughs> um, and then I worked my way through uh, eventually becoming a manufacturing engineer um, and ended up working for Tom Walkinshaw Racing, hence I moved to the UK in 2000. And I ran a small team of engineers there. My latest, my, well, my last car that I worked on there was actually a Renault Clio V6 uh, road car. And uh, that was a fun, a really fun project to work on. Then I sort of uh, left engineering and, and, and sort of followed my husband around the world uh, with his, you know, job. And uh, we lived in Istanbul for five years and came back and we thought, what are we going to do as a hobby? So um, we both love cars, both love motor racing. So we decided to get a, a historic car. So we bought a 1963 Lotus de mm-hmm. And uh, we had a guy restore that for us. Um, and, uh, and we ran racing. And I literally did my first ever race uh, in a car in that 1963 Lotus de in 2015. So, uh, so I've come very late to motor racing, yeah. but I loved it so much. And about around the same sort of time, I did a, a track day with McLaren uh, in a road car, which was then a 650 road car. And my driver coach of the day, he said to me, have you ever thought about racing? And I'm like, why? And he said, because, you know, I can feel how you can sense what the car is about to do. And you clearly have a talent, so you should go racing. And I said, look, I've just started racing, you know, this is sorry, Carl. He said, no, no, I mean, kind of proper racing. So it started a journey where I did a performance academy um, course with McLaren, first in road cars, then in track cars. And then I did my first ever GT race in September 2017. And I came fourth. And I was incredibly disappointed with myself. Fourth, um, and you were disappointed. First race, fourth. <laughs> yeah. Knock, knocking on fifty. What are you doing? I know. And it was just, but that's what's kind of fueled the whole thing. And uh, the year after, in 2018, uh, I entered the pure McLaren GT series, which was brand new then, which is you know single make series for McLaren GT4s, and and I won it. And um, and then last year, again, I entered it um, to defend my championship and again won it. Um, and I decided last year as well to do a couple of rounds for British ET. So I did three rounds for British ET just to try it out and see what I, you know, if I could measure myself, uh, it, you know, in that sort of championship. And it went really well. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. British ET is a great championship. And, um, yeah, hence I've been chasing sponsors all winter to to get me to British ET this year and, and here we are. So, yeah, that's it, really. Well, tell us about your sponsors. That's why they pay you. Come on, boom. <laughs> yeah, so oh, clearly I, I am sponsored by Sky. If anybody yes! Yes! <laughs> and thank you very much indeed, Mia Fluids. Sponsored by Sky. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.